You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, well, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. Look, feel it. Feel it, you feel it? Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, the fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveller in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Feeling paralyzed? Your life's work has ended? I can't help feeling that some of this is my fault. Failure. That's an invasion fleet, right? It looks like it. Why is that? What's the flux? That's not a question I can answer. Yes, you can. Why don't I know about this? And who else does? We don't have any more time. Hey, are you listeners, and welcome to New Doctor Who. That's right, folks. Earth Station Who is here, and we are here to talk all about the Halloween Apocalypse, Chapter One of Doctor Who Flux, as we want to call it. I'm looking forward to talking about this one. We got to watch it earlier today, and it was just so big. And Doctor Who is back after since almost the beginning of the year we haven't had any new doctor who and so we've been you know twiddling our thumbs and talking about old episodes of doctor who and it's been you know taking any little dribs and drabs and everything and this is the literally the first chapter this is six episodes that hopefully will be laying the groundwork for something huge and I'm looking forward to talking about it with all these wonderful people. And, of course, we definitely would love to hear from you guys first. Feedback at EarthStationWho.com. Please write us your thoughts, your predictions, your feelings on this. And, you know, where do you think this is going? We definitely want to hear from you guys. And, you know, let's also then introduce who is going to talk about it with us tonight. We have a couple guests, of course, from Earth Station Trek and Felt Nerdy. Let's welcome Veronica and Charles. Hey, hey. guys. Hey. I, this is actually, is this the first time you guys have been on Earth Station Who? Yeah. On Who, I think so. I've been on Earth Station 1 a couple of times. I don't think I've yeah. ever been on Earth Station Who, though. I oh. have not been on either. Earth Station Trek and here. <laughs> I think we need to rectify that. I think somebody needs to be <laughs> in the Especially if you talk about Veronica Mars ever again. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Totally fair enough. I think I think Mike Gordon would love to do that. So Yes. I think I think we definitely can definitely have you back on Veronica. 
We definitely would love to have you. Uh, for the people who don't know you guys, want to describe yourselves? Yeah, we're um, I'm Chum Chuck, and this is Veronica. Yay. We are we perform locally as Felt Nerdy. We do um, Star Trek and Doctor Who and general sci-fi puppet shows throughout the Southeast at conventions. Primarily, we've been doing that for about eight years now. And then over the last year, we've also become two of the hosts of the Earth Station Trek podcast right here on the on the ESO Podcast Network. Awesome. Yep, it's wonderful. When we were putting back together Earth Station Trek last year, we were like looking for volunteers, and I think you two were one of the first to sign up and said, "Oh, we're there. We need, we, we are here to help." <laughs> yes, wait, that's right. Wait till we introduce the Monkeys podcast to the network. I think you know <laughs> that's going to be a big one for you. See if you guys jump on that one too. Oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so awesomeness! It's great to have you guys with us tonight. Well, thank you. And, of course, we have our regulars here who who I would not want to do this show without. Let's, of course, say hi to Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here for New Who. And Mr. Mike Gordon looking pretty spiffy in his Atlanta Braves hat. Howdy. So you ready for new Doctor Who talk? We got New Who. We've got Halloween. We've got World Series. There's a lot of stuff going on, uh, but uh, I'm all focused and and ready to talk uh, all about Flux. It's interesting because, you know, with this episode, it almost felt like I needed a scorecard to almost feel like, all right, what's going on with these people? Who's this person? Who's this? This, you know, this is, I'm going to give a compliment right off the bat, and this is rare for me, so. You know, let's mark it in the address. You know, the, you know, and everything. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, you sure know. you're recording? Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is Chipnell at his strength, where he is literally laying the groundwork for what's to come for the next six episodes. This isn't a one and done thing, because this would not have worked at all if this was just a one parter. Yeah. yeah, or it's not a standalone thing. No, no. and no. you know, it's not I like mean, Chris he's is like, really good at at starting a premise. I mean, you know, he has some problems like you know uh, finishing it up, and that remains to be seen. But right now, I mean, he's certainly given us a lot to think about. There's a lot going on. Uh, introduced a lot of new characters, and um, you know, um, and it was pretty exciting. It moved really quickly for me, anyway, uh, despite oh, yeah. the commercials. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It, this one was a <laughs> lot of fun to watch. Just. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I I really loved the makeup on the bad guys. Like a, a lot of the times, it ends up looking like CGI makeup, um, but it, this looked like actual prosthetics, and it looked like that was obviously part of their face, and not absolutely not uh, applied. A lot of, a lot of cosplay ideas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This one this one episode alone alone will probably see like. You know, hundreds of, uh, if not thousands, of cosplays <laughs> yes. um, from the characters. We've got just dogs. We've got creepy guys. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, it's just interesting. And folks, before we get started, we're going to spoil this. If you have not seen this episode, go back and watch it because we've already thrown things out that you're going to be spoiled with yeah. anyway. Don't, don't listen to us without watching this. <laughs> well, you can, but you just won't know what you're we're talking about. And it's worth watching. Yes. Oh, it really is worth watching. This is actually, I'm going to go out on a soapbox here and take a stand. I think this is my favorite first episode for Jody since she's come on the show. I, I, yeah, let's talk about the doctor and Jody 
for first for a minute because I think it's important because there's been a lot of times where I've thought that this show doesn't do her justice and as a doctor. Um, and that is not the case here. Like she comes off as really strong, really smart, really like owning everything. And I, I don't know, maybe it's the first time I've watched it where I've really felt that she is the doctor. Mm. I know you've had that complaint a few times, Mikey. And- yeah. Yeah. There's times where I thought she was written rather poorly and, um, uh, but not in this case. I, I felt like she, I was with her the entire time. I yeah, think it helped. Take your eyes off her. Yeah. I think it helped her a lot as well. Having that, that back and forth one-on-one with Yaz. Um, I think mm-hmm. not having to divide her attention between three of companions, I think it's helped her a lot and helps her, you get a little more personality, a little more joking back and forth, a little more a feeling these two have been on adventures together. They care about each other where it's, it's harder to do that. I think when you've got three companions to juggle. And she even said, you know, haven't you had fun on these adventures mm-hmm. that we've gone on since Graham and, you know, whatever that other guy's name was, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, since, you know, yeah. and so it's just interesting, you know, that they've gone off and did stuff and the episode started right in the middle of an adventure mm-hmm. and, that's what it ended up relating fun. to the rest of the story, sort of. It is. Wow, this yeah. is our yeah, first because that was that episode. was the dog. Did <laughs> yeah, that was the dog. Yeah. It, the, the the opening reminded me a bit of the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> you, you find Thor in a very similar situation. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah. yeah, that is very true. And she had so many death traps against her in this very opening. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, fast paced. She wasn't worried at all. It, you know, there's been a, like so many times where she doesn't seem like throughout this run that she doesn't seem like she knows what's going on. She she doesn't seem like the smartest person in the room. In this one I always felt like I mean, granted there are times where she doesn't know what going, what's going on. She doesn't know what the flux is. She doesn't know, you know, what the uh I can't remember what the name of the, the dog people are. Um, are doing, et cetera, et cetera. But, but she still has a lot of confidence and she still feels like someone who is, is knows what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel the same way. It's like, well, even if she didn't know what she was doing, she was working it out the whole time. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. that yeah. was really fun to watch. Yeah. The, the biggest thing that she couldn't figure out who was Swarm. Mm. And that was, you know, the big thing with her. You know, at first when I saw him, it was like, Omega. You know, it has to. This is. It, it's always Omega for me. It's always Omega. It's. I. Yeah. I don't think so. No, it is obviously. Uh, so, no. And I don't think. Oh I, I don't think I hope the it's anacronym. Not the master. I hope the anacronym thing is not. Um, it doesn't seem to be in play either because there was a lot of rumors that Swarm stood for, you know, Centaurans, Weeping Angels, blah, blah, blah. Right. I, I don't, you know, even though Swarm seems to be an odd name for an individual, um, it does sort of s- feel like they're going to use that. Like he's a combination of things, but he's got a sister, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, and yeah, I I don't know if we're supposed to know who this is or if it's just completely out of the blue. Um, I do. I have heard, you know, that this story is going to tie into the timeless child thing. So that's what I was about to say is this, this is probably like her, her master from whatever she was before she was the doctor before the time Lords like wiped up. Cause I think, um, 
you know, they mentioned she wants to know about the division, right? And their mm-hmm. division is something related to the Time Lords, right? Uh, yeah, they but, brought it up before. Yeah, so um, so there's a lot of questions there as to what that is, and and yeah, she's had her memory wiped at least once that we know of mm-hmm. by the Time Lords. Um, so so that's going to be interesting to find out that mystery. I think mm-hmm. I like the idea of uh, Doctor's. I mean, an, an enemy from so deep in the Doctor's past that even she doesn't remember those adventures you know someone who has the same familiarity with her that say the master would have or davros or whomever but she does she's at the disadvantage because she doesn't remember the adventures so now she's having yeah, to play catch up exactly. so i think that's i think that's actually a pretty cool concept exactly yeah i like it this was almost <laughs> forgive me because i think that some people are going to be like ah but um, it was almost moffat-esque mm-hmm. right because <laughs> we have a enemy from her past that's attacking but then we're introduced by someone who she hasn't met yet, mm-hmm. um, which I think is Claire. Is that right? Yeah, um, Claire. Not yes. Clara. But yeah. Yeah. Claire. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no, but, not that. But just, but just playing Claire. And that's an intriguing storyline, too. I mean, there is a lot of stuff going on here. Um, and, uh, and I like the sort of like faux... You know, they sort of brought up where this element where you're like, oh, man, is Dan going to be like one of those most important companion things again? But they quickly resolved that by saying like, no, nope, you just got him because that's who this uh, one alien was attracted, uh, was assigned to <laughs> and not attracted to, but assigned to <laughs> obviously not attracted to. Uh, and that was an interesting concept of its own. It was funny, too. It's like, oh, so he's your best friend. No, it's not by my choice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't I stand to- him. Yes, yeah. I really can't stand him. <laughs> Just because I'm assigned to him doesn't mean I have to like him. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> you know, and then that, that's a really interesting concept as well. They, they, they could play around with that a lot, I think. So going back to Claire, when she walked up to the doctor and was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And she's like, I'm from your future, my past. And the doctor seemed so completely uninterested in that and not at all surprised <laughs> that it was it was surprising to me that she didn't want to know more about that, because that's typically what happens. Well, is- that happens to the doctor all the time, though. That's, you know, if it, yeah. she probably frequently meets people who she hasn't met yet. Well, it was in, it was interesting. After they showed this episode here on BBC America, they actually showed Blink mm-hmm. right after. And the same thing mm-hmm. happens at and the, the end same, of that. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. And, you know, and he, but he's fascinated. Except just copying. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and part of me thinks they did it purposely because of the Oh, I think they definitely the, did it. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's not forget the Weeping Angels are in this, too. Yeah, well, exactly. um, we do see. Yeah, and 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 they're going up against Claire, right? Uh, oh, uh, I felt I felt ba- so bad for Claire. The yeah. whole, you know, <laughs> with having to keep because she knew enough. Because obviously she knew about the angels that she mm-hmm. knew she could not blink, and mm-hmm. so it's very curious where she comes into the storyline. Yeah, and you know, it was it was just awesome, and she just like blinked for like a second, and she was gone, and. And then it t- that tied into Liverpool back in the 1820s. Mm. Yeah, I'm really curious about what those tunnels are supposed to be. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, and I'm I mean, wondering all... if, if that's where Claire got sent back to. I think it I, is. I, yeah, that was my yeah, I think yeah. that's. I think where that's going to be. Yeah, otherwise we're going to get way too many threads here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. To, to, already, like, Jibnall's got, like, 
eight or six or eight threads going. <laughs> um, and he ties up a few of them here right off the bat, but um, there's still a lot to play with. And because that whole scene is she's Claire, who we don't know, and there's a mystery with her, is called into this like, and great for Halloween, this sort of house, this haunted house looking thing, right? Mm-hmm. With spirits, <laughs> a voice calling to her to come inside the house. No, that was Die. Oh, that was Di. That's yeah, right. Then, That's right. That's Di. She was supposed to meet Dan to go on the yes. date. Yes, right, right, or right, right, the, right. Fri- the friend date. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So yes, right. That's another thread we've got. So yes. we've got that. Yeah. That's why I confuse the two. So yes, we've got those two threads going, um, and who knows how those are going to how to play in, right? Because uh, Di's being um, ca- called in by the sister of Swarm, Swarm sister, sister Swarm, sister uh, Swarm. <laughs> right. How about we call her Swarma? but yeah Uh, it's it was just it it was just interesting it was like i didn't expect the whole thing with this the sister swarm whatever you want to call her it that took me by surprise because when you first see her she's in human form Mm -hmm. and she's living at the arctic circle with this guy and all of a sudden this alarm thing this floating alarm thing went off and she took an axe to it and it was just like (laughs) it's like what you know it didn't even make sense at the time and then the next scene when he shows up and it was just like this there's something there then it i it doesn't make sense like who was this guy you know it's kind of like um you know that time lord device right where yeah, they they yeah. are living a, a human form to hide from their enemies or whatever and that's what she's doing um so kind of and, like a fob so watch that, type thing th- right exactly right. that yeah. does uh because the same thing was happening with um you know the uh the other doctor that was introduced last year right Ruth uh, doctor. She was, yeah the ruth doctor dr ruth um yep. and and so it does, Mike, it does point to your maybe sort of theory that Swarm is a time, they, they're Time Lords. Yeah. Or, or proto-Time Lords. Proto-Time Lords. Promo-Time, yeah, exactly. Or, Something or, like, or the very least, somebody who's on the same technological level yeah. back in the day. It actually would have been kind, it would be kind of cool if they were some of their Gallifreyan and that they were experimented on mm. by the Time Lords mm. when they first got the Doctor's regeneration power or something. Yeah. And that, yeah, you know, that a possibility. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's out there, you know, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure by the time we get six weeks from now, I'll be like, God, I was an idiot for thinking. <laughs> so, well, I mean, they're, they're, speculate. yeah, it's fun at yeah. this point. Like anything goes right. I mean, it's still early. There's nothing really conclusive. Like we don't really like as far as what the flux is. We have no idea. I went um, what the flux. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's just this it's in entity. Flux. Exactly. Yeah, and this episode Which, is really uh, just setting the stage. I mean, yep, right. you know, so we've, we're not meant to know anything yet, but it's exciting to have all these interesting pieces sort of in play. Cause I find myself, you know, very engaged by everything that's going on, which I'm, I'm pleased to see. Well, I will tell you this, the CGI they used for the flux was just amazing. Yeah. So much better than the CGI. Yeah. They had some the really cool stuff. effects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was blown away by the scale of this. Just thinking about how far Dr. Who's come in the 16 years. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's yeah, phenomenal. Let alone 50. I was going to say the 58 years, it's come so far. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
Yeah, I couldn't the, see uh, that, the doing CG that with in the, in the first scene sequence with Doctor and Yaz did strike me as a little too much, but mm. um, it was very green. But screen. I thought it I was thought, very video gamey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought the stuff with the flex looked great. I mean, it looked like uh, you know, I mean, to use a Trek reference, it looked like the Genesis stuff, right? Like it, yeah, it really yeah. looked really that cool and that badass, but and scary because I mean, the way it was taking out planets was was really intimidating. Oh yeah, um, and. Uh, um. Yeah. I. Uh, and we haven't even talked about Dan yet. Oh, it, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we'll get there. It was really cute, though. When uh, his name is Carnivista, is the dog creature. Mm-hmm. And when G- when he took off his helmet and you saw it was a dog. You know, of course, I was watching. Judy wanted to adopt him. Judy, I was like, "Oh, he's so cute!" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we're not getting another Let me one. Bring him home. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, oh god, I wouldn't want one that talks like that. Or you know, <laughs> you know well, if, I mean, supposedly you have one assigned to you, Mike. I, I know I do. I it's know. probably on his way right now. It's probably <laughs> on his way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and of course, you know, I, we were watching it with Mike and Rosalind Faulkner. And when we watched it, they were, uh, Mike yelled, hey, look, it's a Wookiee. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's a puppy, <laughs> Judy said. <laughs> I, I thought the, like, similarly, maybe not as good as the, the cat effects or from, uh, you know, a few seasons ago, but I did think that the mask worked really well, uh, the prosthetics. And when they when he talked, it looked really good. And the voice actor that they had, um, I don't know if he was actually in the suit. But he seemed appropriate as well. I think, you know, they were compelling. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that cosplayed a lot. I'm sure. What did you oh, think sure. of the Santarans? Ah, the return of the Santarans. I love these Santarans. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love these. They look more like old series Santarans. Yes. 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 And I like and, that. And I don't yeah. mean the two Doctor Santarans. I mean more like um, the, like when, the Time the, Warrior. The Time Warrior or mm-hmm. even um, the Santaran Experiment. Mm-hmm. That era, and they're the more Santarans. intimidating looking. And the jokey Santarans and purple suits that we got, you know, during the RTD, and then into, you know, in Strax, I love Strax, but yeah. um, I love the Santarans that are actually, yeah, they seem a little more intimidating, like they're ready for battle. Well, it was interesting because the Santaran that was on the like the hologram that was Dan Starkey still. Wow, and because you yeah. re- recognize the voice, yeah. The Santa- I like the look of them, and I really like the way that the mask, the they are. I don't know if it was CG or what, but that move, like, I loved how that interacted with them. Um, the voices were great. Of course, it sounded familiar. It's sort of, you know, if it wasn't Dan, it sounded like him. So they all kind of sound the same. But I will say the dialogue and some of the direction there was was too comedic for me. Mm. Um, like, they give him this look like, hey, they're nasty again, and they're going to be a threat. But yet they still, I couldn't take them seriously because they were like, ha, 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 ha. Like, for, <laughs> like the, the camera just like stayed on them. And this episode was full of all this stuff going on. And there's so many quick cuts and everything like that. It really stays on them a little bit too long while they're going, ha, 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 ha. It's like, no, 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 no. Just, you know, let them. Let them be a little bit more intimidating. I, think. Mm. I felt more. I felt like they were, and especially because we now know what next episode's going to be. That you know, the Santarans are actually a threat again. This actually feels like they. These are the guys who could invade Gallifrey, mm. and you know, and such. But it was neat to see. 
you know, them, the interaction between the two of them. It got old after, you know, him, you know, oh, look how old and prunish you are looking. It's like, it's like. Hmm. Yeah, they did go too far with that. Yeah. 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 But. I think, truthfully, I think that's one of the weakest parts of the episode to me. And there there was a lot of strong in this. And even to, you know, when they shrunk Dan's house, it was like. (laughs) That was a very master thing to do. Oh, I was was thinking that. It was just like, wait a minute. And I, and they had to go for the toilet humor, of course, you know. (laughs) Of course. Yep. When that happened. But it was, it was neat to see. And. Might as well now. We might as well jump in with Dan. You know, we were introduced to Dan. And it was weird. He was giving the... He was like being a tour guide at the museum when you first saw him. And obviously, he's not a tour guide there. And <laughs> it's like... He apparently just really likes Liverpool. <laughs> and I wonder how much that's going to come into play with the 1920s yeah. stuff. His knowledge yeah, of you- Liverpudlian history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you figure uh, it has to come in somehow. I was also reminded, and this is, I don't know if this is a an in reference or not, but I was also reminded while watching some of the other uh, episodes of Doctor Who they showed today that uh, the human that Dr. Ruth was masked as was also a tour guide. Mm. That's hmm. true. Um, oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, I don't, hmm. I don't, I don't want to make anything of that. But, <laughs> I think there's a um, lot of MacGuffins in here. Like, it could the be. Observation yeah. post was called I, rose. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. To be I, fair, I, it was also shaped like a rose. That's true. That's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah. When they, uh, when they said when they said rose, I said really, really. <laughs> <laughs> When they first um, announced Dan, I guess it was last year, I rolled my eyes because yeah, I was looking forward to the Doctor and Yaz. And it's like, do we have to have an older white guy? But I have to say, watching this, I find him really likable. So I'm I'm interested to see how how what, what happens. How, you know, really, really really likable. But John Bishop made me turn on the closed caption real quick because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cannot understand what he's saying right now. Like I just had to. I turned on the closed caption for this. Uh, he was a little bit, uh, very, very, his accent was a lot thicker than it is most of the time on these, these shows. Mm. No, exactly. I haven't heard a th- an accent that thick since Capaldi. And I love how the, they referenced him in this with the handcuffs. Yeah. A, <laughs> I, th- I think I might have programmed these when I had a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> and the chisels are ours. Yeah, exactly. Nice little callbacks to... To, it was a call back to Ace. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, with the Nitro uh, Nine. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I was, yes. That was awesome. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few other, like, yeah, I don't know, like, yeah. There's a lot of things here that are kind of reminiscent of past Doctor Who things, and I don't know. Uh, obviously, Mary, as you said, there probably a lot of them are just like you know little teases uh, that are not going to go anywhere, but you know, fans are going to notice them and. And speculate. There's a couple nods to the old series. There's a couple, you know, wink winks from old past seasons, which was nice. And I think that was for the old fans who have bitching and moaning about Chibnall's era. <laughs> yeah, well, he had been and, criticized a lot for <laughs> kind of ignoring exactly. the past. Exactly. And, you know, from the opening scene, though, it was enjoyable. Um, you know, I did laugh a little bit, you know, because. 
everyone wanted to see a relationship between the doctor and Yaz and everything. And what happens? <laughs> what happens when they fall into the TARDIS? There's a mattress <laughs> and bed right there in the control room. And it's just like, and you know, I've already seen the haters out there. Oh, see, told you, told you. You know, a feminist agenda there. And it's like really. No, no it's, it's there for them to land on when they fall into the TARDIS and yeah. they bounce off the net, obviously. Duh. Always there. You got to prepare for these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. That's, uh, and the that's TARDIS the, knew they were falling in, so the TARDIS probably materialized in there. That's the uh, that's the other thing about what's going on with the TARDIS. I mean, especially all the doors. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the uh, leaking. Yeah, the leaking. Like, the tar- there's something wrong with the TARDIS uh, as well, so that's... That's another mystery for us to unfold this season. It's like, I've only got six episodes, but man, I'm going to like throw a lot <laughs> at the wall every here. second. <laughs> exactly. And we did see the return of, you know, a famous, very famous TARDIS part from the David Tennant era, the sledgehammer. It was awesome. <laughs> and boy, did they use it in this episode. Yeah. So, it was, just beating the hell out of the TARDIS. I was going to say, what's wrong with the TARDIS? I don't know. The doctor keeps beating it with a hammer. Maybe that's <laughs> Like if, you know, Dan asked the question, is it alive? And and Yaz doesn't have a definitive answer. And we never want to have a definitive answer. Although we know the answer is yes, that she is. Um, but it it's... It's like, yeah, like she keeps beating the crap out of it. Like I wouldn't be happy if I was a TARDIS. <laughs> the doctor's beating his wife. <laughs> wow. wow. Or her wife, I'm sorry. But um to your point, Mike, I do I did think about that too, where they, they sort of landed on the bed and yeah, I mean obviously the fanfic folks are like, Woo, we've got a scene that we can go crazy with. Um but I did think uh, overall, uh, because we haven't really talked about it much, I thought Yez was really great, too, in this. Uh, oh, yeah. Strong, she got very, so much to do. Very no. competent. Very, like, the banter between them was great. As you said, Charles, it's like it, 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 not having that extra stuff there for other companions, it allows just the one-on-one time. And we get that a little bit. Now, of course, we've got, you know, John Bishop in there too, so you know that sort of messes that up. So we get a little bit of it, but I think Yaz looks like competent and great in this, much better than she ever looked in the, in the previous season. Oh, I loved absolutely. how she was the one to rescue Dan from the the, yeah. the dog crate, basically. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and not just like a oh, doctor, what do I do? Like I'm not sure, you know. Like we've seen no, so many times before. Charge. She said that she's like, I know what's going on. She's like, I know exactly how many traps the booby traps are here. Yeah, she said there were like I'm nine booby traps in here, and it's like I'm trying uh, to work it out. Boom, 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 and she does exactly. And she's and Dan was like, How do you know that? Oh, I've I've been through this before. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's like the, I think this uh, extra companion that they don't typically have. Um, I think it's going to work better because. Yaz has so much experience, so she's not going to be the one always asking questions. There's only one that's really kind of learning the ropes, whereas Yaz has done a lot of it already. That's true, and they can write Yaz to be more competent because of that. Because yeah. she, she, they, you, the audience can assume that she's in the loop, and and you can trust what she's saying because she's been with the doctor longer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, although Dan did say like you know, like a friend of his had a TARDIS too, but it was a lot bigger. <laughs> Uh, like you know, so Dan has some experience in that regard too. I'm hoping those are jokes and not clues. <laughs> yeah, right. 
yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. Like another, is that another clue? Like, are, yeah. are we, yeah. I mean, is this yeah, one of the master, he, you know, <laughs> I hope is, I hope Dan is just Dan. Yes. Mm, exactly. I don't want him to be the most important man in the universe or right. something, but I think they took care of that already. This episode that he's, yeah. Just, that he's and just what's a guy. so special about him? He's just a guy that this uh, one creature uh, was assigned to. So yeah. yeah, and and now he's along for the ride because they don't have time to drop him off somewhere. So uh, uh, he's stuck there. And and you know, I'm with you guys. I was when I first saw him, I was like, oh, another white dude. What do we really need that? And and we, maybe we don't. But for as far as the character goes, he's in, he's enjoyable. He's a nice guy. I like the way they set him up as a as a guy with a good heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he may not be the smartest guy, but he looks like he can take care of himself. And, and I, I kind of like that. And, and obviously he's there for, you know, free laughs. Yeah, he does seem to be so. pretty smart though. Leading tours at the museum. They have to kick him out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. And, and, and he does kind of figure out what, what's going on. Like, oh, you can't kill me because you need me alive because otherwise you would have killed. Like, he can figure yeah. some stuff out. You would have so, killed yeah. me back in my kitchen, as he as Exactly. He, he does seem was... like a very likable person. Like, if you met him, you would enjoy yeah. hanging around him. Right. Right. A real nice he would guy. Be so, he would be somebody, like, I would want to go to get a beer with or something mm-hmm. and enjoy yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Right. A pint, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. Don't mention Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. I think there's already more chemistry with this TARDIS team than there was <laughs> for, for the entire last two seasons. Well, considering he's got to, like, you know, do his thing in front of this huge shadow that is Graham, I think he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, no. No, there's well, just no comparison. Exactly. And, you know, I liked the thought, you know, he was pretty selfless. You know, he wouldn't take anything from the soup kitchen. And, you know, then he went home and there was no food in his pantry, in his fridge, nothing. And I found that really interesting. It's like, so, but he had no problem, you know, giving to the kids, giving to the needy. And it it made him immediately more likable than pretty much everyone who's been on the TARDIS the last <laughs> two seasons. The other, the other, the thing that didn't make sense though, was that it was obvious that the trail was for the doctor was set, right? I mean, they mentioned it, um, puts the, puts the laptop in his, uh, in his flat, which he obviously can't afford or doesn't seem to be a guy who would use that very often. Um, and, and he's got this like laptop there and they say like, Oh my God, this is like a setup the the house shrinks or whatever and it just seems like it's a a lot of trouble that this uh this one one uh alien would do uh especially since it seems to be doing things for the sake of good rather than um you know but it is but it is trying to get rid of the doctor because it knows that the doctor is on his tail oh very much (laughs) literally yes but it was interesting, too, because, you know, when they figured out, you know, how does this guy have a laptop like this living in this place? And then it's not his laptop. Boom, 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 you know, type thing. And it's like, yeah. So so it's good to know laptop technology is, you know, all across <laughs> the universe. <Yeah. laughs> I did think that it might be more practical to put more than one human per spaceship. You know, if you're rather than sending seven billion spaceships each to right. pick up a human, maybe, you know, carpool. <laughs> it's one of those Doctor Who things that's uh, that the well, scale they, of it is they impressive. They needed all the ships to I make know. the formation. Yeah, they, they don't do that formation. Yeah, yeah, just not a plan you want to think too much about. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Uh, don't ever think about it. You never think with Doctor Who. Come on. (laughs) Where'd they get all the resources to make that many ships? How many planets did they scavenge? Take all of their resources. And then if somebody dies, do they (laughs) send one of the other ships home or something? You know, (laughs) oh, wait. This person, you know, passed away. Oh, it's like, oh. My human is you don't gone. need you anymore. <laughs> You're off the so, hook. Boom. <laughs> so just so I want to clarify things, because it didn't really, I read about this uh, later um, on a review that I read, and I and I didn't get it while I was watching it, because I, I, maybe it was too fast or whatever. But Carvanista, who is who is the one that, you know, saved Dan, is, is assigned to Dan, he was the one that set up the Doctor and Yaz at the beginning. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So so yeah, he is not a great guy. <laughs> no. No, but also he has some connection to the division. And that's why she was after him in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. Which he wasn't right. really talk about. Right. Right. And so you know, cuz she's trying to get still follow the trail for the, you know, whatever the timeless child stuff. And It just seems odd that like He's a member of the division, which we need to find out more about, and is doing bad things to the doctor, and yet is I know he's not happy about having to save Dan, but he's saving him. He's doing a thing, you know, they're they're committed to protecting earthlings, humans. And I, I don't I don't know, he seems like it, that seems like a, two characters that traits that don't really match well to me. Yeah, I figured there I there's got to be some reason he's been told to do that or he's been manipulated to do that. Right. Yeah, I'd like to hear more of the backstory of why they're required to save a human. And under what circumstances? Is it just end of the world circumstances? Or are they, are they supposed <laughs> like, to show Why didn't they come up before? Right? Like, yeah, yeah, we're going to love you guys. Where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> I did like so, the dynamic, though, of this sort of uh, curmudgeon guy who's forced to go save a human being and just isn't happy about it. No, agreed completely. It's interesting because, you know, you have all these different storylines. We haven't even talked about the individual who is on the Rose station either because mm. he's going to be be playing a big part also. Bender. Mm. Bender, yeah. Yeah, well, there's not – I mean, right now, as far as we know – Tell us anything about him. He's just <laughs> no. a guy who's at, is at a station that sees this thing that's coming and – doesn't like his bosses. <laughs> right. <guess>. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, I wondered, is he some kind of prisoner? I mean, if that's, is that a sentence <laughs> that he's or, serving or? It, it wouldn't put an escape pod in there, I don't think. If no, if was. he was a prisoner, yeah. he would not have a, an escape pod at all. Oh, well, I don't know. He's pretty I mean, expendable. He's pretty stylish, though. He's got some yeah. well, nice exactly. hair. Nice hair. Well, compared to the last role we saw him in, he had no hair. <laughs> you know. And so it was It was good to see him in that. And I'm going to be very curious to see, you know, what his role is and how long he's going to be on. Because I also know he was cast in the new interview with a vampire, too. Oh, Ooh. oh he's getting some work. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. You're on Game of Thrones. You're going to get some work. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you are on Game of Thrones. You're going to get some work. <laughs> But so, yeah, so he's going to obviously be some somewhere hooking up with Team TARDIS. So we're going to have another set of uh, three companions for a little bit, if he's with them for that long. So we don't know. We don't know. And so, and, you know, they've been fairly tight-lipped about, except for, you know, who's returning this season, you know. But other than that, 
you know, we have a lot still to go and we have five more episodes after this. So well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to ask you guys to try to make per- predictions or something because we'll all end up on egg on our face. So, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. Um, but, you know, as always, we're going to, you know, do we have any final thoughts, anything further we want to say before we go ahead and rate? I was also thinking, too, this is going to be hard to rate because it's just an introduction. You know, right. it's, it's like, more you of know, a setup than yeah, anything Yeah, I mean, else. that's, you know, it's like rating a, the first part of a three-parter or a two-parter. I mean, this is the first part of a six-parter. And how good this is, you know, uh, I mean, it's pretty compelling. I'm, I'm interested in everything that's going on. So I give uh, Chibnall a lot of credit for that. Um, as far as in, will he be able to stick the landing? I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll have to just wait and see about that, but he's certainly opened up a lot of doors here. Um, and I'm interested in almost all of them. So Mm. I have to, from that perspective, I give him credit, but obviously, yes, it's going to be difficult to sort of, I think this is going to be something that we're going to have to just rate on its, as a, as a whole. Well, that's what I was about to say. Maybe what we're going to do is, you know, we'll get in contact with everyone who's going to be on the different episodes and they'll leave at the end of it, the rating as a whole. Cause Mm. we usually don't rate, you know, first part of two parters because there's certain ones that, you know, two parters we've done in the past that I've gotten five TARDISes, but then the second part totally stunk <laughs> and I wanted to quit Doctor Who right there on the spot. So, you know, hmm, which everyone could you be talking about? <laughs> I wonder. So, you know, I don't think it's right for us to just rate this one. Um, I will give it a thumbs up for t- this week saying I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the the world building they were doing in this. And it's great to have Jodie back as the doctor. Oh, it's just yes. awesome. She was awesome. I, I tell you what, if this is how she's going out, this is great. I mean, yeah. we were this all kind a- of, we were all kind of like, you know, kicking our, our, kicking the sand a little bit saying, man, it's too bad she doesn't get another writer to really like, you know, ex- like grow and show what she can do. But I think this is already showing that for us. Mm. So, oh, very um, much so. I yeah. think she's going to go out in style. I think she's going to go out really well. Um, if this is any indication, uh, she's already like won me over. Not that I, I never disliked her, but I just always thought that she was being handcuffed throughout most of her uh, tenure as a doctor. And I don't feel like that now. Well, here's the question for you, Mikey. You've always said she hasn't had her doctor moment to you. Did she have it this week? Um, she kind of did. I kind of like the fact that she did. She went to do the whole like it's Earth, it's protected, but she was distracted at the same time. Like I, I really kind of liked that scene a lot. Another callback, of course, to another Doctor moment. But I like the way that it was like, no, no, it's I'm having a Doctor moment, but there's really something going on on that screen here, and I can't really concentrate on my Doctor <laughs> moment, <laughs> which is a Doctor moment. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I thought she was and. You know, as the fun banter between her and Yaz in the beginning, you know, felt like a really good doctor scene, like where she turns to her and says, I can't help but feel that this might be a little bit my fault. <laughs> I just thought that that was, that was a really good doctor. Lunch. Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> because it's always her, you know, it's always the doctor's fault. Right. right? Yep. You know? Well, and also that that Yaz totally calls her on it. She's like, yeah. it is entirely yes. your fault. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. exactly. So I give it. Thumbs up. Um, what about the rest of you guys? 
I'll give it a thumbs up. Um, I thought this was really compelling. I, I'm really intrigued to see what happens next. They've got a lot of storylines going on, but they're all keeping my interest. And I mean, it's easier to write a fun, exciting beginning than it is a satisfactory ending. But at the same time, it's it's critical because if you don't catch people's attention, no one's going to watch the rest of the episodes anyway. Uh, there's plenty of shows that I've seen that I didn't make it past the first episode. So I think they've it, they're on a good track here, and I'm really excited to see what they do over the next five episodes. Awesome. 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 Yeah, I, I hope that people who have heard through the news that there's going to be a new doctor who may be tuned out a little bit, maybe we're kind of interested in saying like, well, I'll check. It's only six episodes. Let me see if I can, let's see the last of Jody's run, you know, whatever. Let's see. I hope this got decent ratings. Um, and I, and I, I expect that people were even with people who were coming back to Dr. Who for that reason, were pretty happy with what they got. And they're hopefully will be engaged at least for the next few episodes because uh, yeah, I think it started off really strong. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have to give Chibnall a lot of credit because he was under a lot of pressure. It's not like he didn't know people were not happy with the way, <laughs> the way things were going and um, good, good for him for being smart and going back to, to his strengths. Which is, I mean, this is the kind of format that he loves, a, a type of miniseries format. And um, good, good for him for going back there and, and for, you know, he, I think for an opening, he really hit it out of the park. And it's exciting. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the next episode. Awesome. Veronica, what about you? So I think because Chip Dahl could, could, could write this arc and this was clearly going to be an arc, um, because I know a lot of the seasons uh, of Doctor <laughs> Who and other series where the writer had a plan in mind, the lead writer had a plan, they knew what was going to happen, but the executive producers got in the way and they wanted to change it and the actors wanted to change it. But I think in this case, I, I really think it's going to play out well because there was a plan and they're going for it. And it's just these six episodes instead of like a whole season. Um so I feel like it's going to overall, it's going to land really well. And I am very excited to see the ending. So two thumbs up. Excellent. Awesome. So all positive overall, but you know, it wasn't perfect. Yeah. Still Chibnall, but you know, <laughs> I did enjoy it and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what's to come next. We definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. And if you guys want to speculate, if you guys want to let us know what you guys think is going to happen, please, we definitely would love to hear from you. And it would be great to see because, you know, it'd be great to see if you get egg on your face like we usually do. So please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. And, you know, if you're right, we'll, be fully glad to announce it on the air and we'll read your emails next starting next week and you definitely would love to hear from you guys what do you guys have to say so of course you know thank you guys for listening as always and you know chuck and veronica thank you so so much for joining us thank you for having us yeah how can people find you guys veronica FeltNerdy.com. Yep, that takes us to our Facebook page. Um, if you're in the Atlanta area, our next live performance will be at the uh, at the Holiday Puck and Puppet Show here in Atlanta at the Village Theater. Date for that's not been announced yet. That's an adult-oriented puppet thing. Uh, or you can um, check out Earth Station Trek, which is our Star Trek podcast on the ESO Network. And we cover Star Trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everything in between. I was very impressed you were able to say that name of that show without me having to beep you, sir. <laughs> I, ha I had to beat myself on 
Earth Station Trek once because I said it too many times and got the got the, <laughs> the, 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 the I got the, the consonant swapped. <laughs> that is awesome. And Mary Ogle, thank you as always. Oh, thank you. God, it was it's so exciting to have New Who back and to have a really good episode. It just it really energized me. It was wonderful to watch, and I I I hope it maintains <laughs> the the momentum that it that it created in the first episode. Fingers crossed. Yeah, very much so. And where can people find your wonderful artwork? They can find me at maryugle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And Mr. Mike Gordon, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank bring, you as always, my friend. Bring on the bring on the potato heads. Santara. Aha, that's right. <laughs> We are ready for the, I guess it is basically next week is chapter two, War of the Santarans. So yeah. it should be a lot of fun. To see. So that gets them out of the way real quick, pretty much. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. So it'll be very interesting to see where we go with this. Good luck for everybody. We're, um, as if you couldn't figure out, we're going to be reviewing every one of these episodes in order. So we'll be back every week. We're not taking our two weeks like we normally do. So, you know, you get stuck with us weekly for the next probably six weeks and maybe a little bit more. So should be a lot of fun. But until then, my name is Mike Faber. Thank you guys for listening. You could find us up on Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever fine pod- podcasts are found. Our station who's there too with the other guys. So definitely listen to us. We you know, it's always great to hear from you guys. So you can write us at feedback at ourstationwho.com. And of course, we have a great Facebook group. We have an amazing Facebook group. Why not get involved with it? It's always great. We put up new stories, we put up our episodes, and you also can, you know, find different humor stuff, different articles, anything you could think about with Doctor Who, we have it up there. Check it out on Facebook and you know. Till then, you know, I think we're done for tonight and let's go watch this another two, three, four times, I guess, you know. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. We'll see you soon. Peace. And we are done. Boom. That was easy. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Okay, promo for the Flopcast. Let's go. First, I need an adjective. Uh, naked. Need a noun. Wombat. Place. Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Number. Uh, 251. Okay, then. The Flopcast is a naked podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, and wombats. Find us on the ESO Network and Flopcast.net. Go ahead and listen to it in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. <laughs> 251 times. <laughs> This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, 
your station for all things geek. <laughs> 